0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Coffee with a friend is like capturing joy in a cup. Welcome to the Coffee with Jenny B podcast, hosted by Jenny B, a lover of all things Coffee. Each week, Jenny will chat about connecting over coffee, what brings her joy, and everything in between. A lot can happen over coffee, so grab a cup, sit back, and enjoy. Now here's your host, Jenny B.
1: Hello and welcome. Communication. It is so important in how we interact with community, with the world, with others, and with ourselves. It's what we read, what we say, what we hear, and also what we think. But communication is not always our friend. Because if you think about how you talk to yourself sometimes, you know, we're quick to put ourselves down. And instead of positive thoughts, we quickly go to the negative. Or it's how we talk to others. And it's also how we talk to our littles. My guest today, Melissa Giller, is going to talk to us about conscious parenting, self-reclamation, infusing our lives with joy, and living a life with soul. Melissa is a self-reclamation expert, a certified life coach and mentor, and owner of Life with Soul, a personal development company. A mother of two, Melissa knows all too well what it's like to speak. To your littles and especially speaking to them in a positive way and acknowledging that they are little humans. Please help me welcome Melissa.
0: Hey, Melissa. Hey, Jenny. Thanks for having me. You're welcome.
1: I'm so happy to have you here. So, Melissa and I actually haven't met in person, but I've been following her on Instagram. And I absolutely love what you are posting about life with soul and living with joy and your latest post about possibilities. Such a wide topic to talk about. I mean, it's basically what we're looking for in life, isn't it? Agreed. Yes. So tell us about conscious parenting a little bit, because I know that as a mother of two and my granddaughter's four, and sometimes she will say things to me of things that she's picked up who knows where. And I stop and think, oh, you know what? I better be careful in terms of what I'm saying in her presence. How do we conscious parent?
0: Okay. So I really do feel there's sometimes a misconception about conscious parenting, and there's a lot of terms thrown out there. At the core of it, conscious parenting is your own self-awareness and your own realizations as to what you may be projecting onto your child. And so I know for myself, this journey really started with me coming to terms with the anxiety and kind of perfectionist tendencies that I carried around. And I started seeing some of this reflected in my son at only two and a half years old. Oh wow. Yeah. And at the same time I was a, a new mom again to my baby. She they're 26 months apart at that time. So well still, but <laughs> he was two and a half and she was just a couple months old. And that's really where I started I think as he was developing out of this baby stage and into a little boy, starting to just see how much my energy, my words, how I came across who I was, was being absorbed by him. And so I really started deep diving into the work of Dr. Shefali, who I highly recommend anybody read her book, The Conscious Parent or The Awakened Family, if they're interested in conscious parenting. And it really brought me home to myself. All of it was all about me and how I would, you know, be potentially shaping my child if I wasn't aware of first myself and my unhealed traumas with a small T. I'm lucky in that sense, but we all have them, right? And the beliefs and the perspective and like the judgment that I was carrying around, I really feel that starting to peel that back and take a more honest look at myself. And what I kind of was, I guess, putting out there was really the the start for me on that conscious parenting journey. So at the core of it, it's not about meditating all day or being like, yes, it's okay, everything's fine. And I'm going to be very gentle. It's not about that. You know, there's these concepts of gentle parenting, respectful parenting, conscious parenting, they do go hand in hand, they're similar. But at the core of it, again. It's your own awareness and compassion that's required to parent consciously because there are absolutely times when you cannot parent the way that you really wish you could. You're overwhelmed. You're burnt out. We've been dealing with a lot and mothers have taken the extreme brunt of this, I feel over the last two years. And so by acknowledging that we can change the way we parent instead of parenting from a place of reactivity, we can respond instead. And that is, that is kind of the point. And knowing your limit, if you're like, there's many a day where I just say, I can't right now. <laughs> I just kind of walk away.
1: Mommy needs to time out.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I feel that goes a lot farther than pushing an issue when I'm beyond triggered <laughs> at that point, right? It's It's being aware of your own triggers and how your child will, will bring that out of you. Absolutely. They will.
1: Yeah, no, that's very interesting. You know, the first time I noticed it, I think Lenny might have been two or three, and she called me by my name. Well, actually, no. First of all, it was my daughter. Lenny was saying Jenny instead of Grandma. My daughter Crystal says, "Who? You mean Grandma, don't you, Grandma?" And then when she's at my place, she called me Jenny, and I'm like, "Lenny, what's my name? It's Grandma." But she heard me being called by my name, and she thought that it would be fun to call me by my name. And so I started thinking, okay, so she's listening and she's picking up different things. And then I remember one time I was in the bathroom with my husband and he was going on and on about something. And I think I just snapped and I turned and I yelled at him. It's like I yelled and I can't remember exactly what I said. And Lenny was in the living room and watching TV and came into the living room, didn't say a word to me. Next morning, she's sitting there with me, and she had a sleepover, and and she's like, are you still mad at grandpa? (laughs) And I said, no, no, grandma's not mad at grandpa anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, I, well, I could tell a million stories (laughs) about that, living in a pandemic world with, you know, a family of four, and we're all on top of each other. But, you know, energy really affects other people. And our children, I think, too, when kids are in that, they're in such an open place and they absorb so much. And I just, I really do feel they're naturally very empathic little creatures and they pick up on your vibes. Right. And I know I could, I could give you, like I said, a million stories of when I'm not in a solid place. I see it in my kids versus when I'm doing well, I'm having a great day, I've taken care of myself, I'm doing all the things I need to be doing for myself. I respond so much differently to them. And the mood is totally different in the house. You know, it's, it's like that happy wife, happy life kind of saying it's true because your, your vibes really do affect the rest of the house. It's so critical to be aware.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, that's actually a good segue into being aware and talking about self-reclamation. So is that reclaiming ourselves or, or exactly what does that mean?
0: Self-reclamation is exactly that. It is the, the process of reclaiming who you are, who you are here to be, who you truly are inside. It's a kind of deconditioning and shedding of the external influences that you feel have kind of shaped you and more of a journey back home to yourself, to the truth of, of who you are inside and kind of this process of unlearning patterns and changing how we show up to be more in alignment with that core self.
1: And so when, when you mentioned, you know, trauma with a, you know, small, small T, it's going back, I guess, to maybe some traumas or, you know, childhood memories or you know, it's, I think about like our shadow self, you know, carrying all those little traumas in a little bag. Is that what we're trying to do is unlearn all of our behaviors or not try blocking them, but maybe accepting them and going forward?
0: Absolutely. It's an, it's an understanding. I take a very compassionate approach to my work. And so all my kind of point is, is to guide people to an acceptance of that shadow side and to understand how their brain as an adult literally protects them from feeling those feelings that they try so hard to push away. And we all do. We all have you know, these fears of rejection that come up. And now in business, this is where imposter syndrome comes through, right? And we we talk about this all the time in terms of like, as grown women now feeling afraid to speak our truths to speak our mind to show up authentically. It often does go back to these experiences we've had as as youth or as young adults, children, whatever, where we felt ooh, that wasn't safe to say, I should be smaller, right? I should hide, I should not speak out loud, as an example, or I'm afraid of being too much, I don't want to stand out. It really does go back to a lot of those experiences. So that is part of the work of self-reclamation is definitely a reflaming of your flaws, as I like to call it, because we really start to, to turn, I believe like our flaws as we see them are all a spectrum. Our qualities, or whether we label them as good and bad, we're a spectrum of things. And those flaws can actually help us at times. Let's just take being anxious, for example, anxiety does serve a purpose, it can keep you kind of vigilant, it can keep you aware of what's around you. But it can also go too far. And then you don't you avoid doing things because you're afraid of the outcome. That's where perfectionism, procrastination comes in, right? It's really starting to have compassion and just see it for what it is instead of judgment. I think at the core, a lot of my work actually boils down to releasing judgment, judgment of ourselves, judgment of our children. Like we get into this kind of place of when we see bad behavior, our brain kind of fortune tells into the future, like it's always going to be this way. They're going to turn out to be X, Y, or Z fear, right? So we judge them and then we react in that moment. And our partners or our friends or, or people, we put judgments on them, and then we treat them with that judgment, which might not be totally fair because it 's coming from our own kind of interpretation of it so yeah, that is a, a big piece of self reclamation is really releasing judgment and compassion, and then there's kind of the the strategy that goes into it, like strategically planning goals and action steps to reach those goals, and taking the little baby steps towards the life with soul. The life with soul is life from the inside out to me. It's it's creating a lifestyle based on how you want to feel.
1: You know, you're absolutely right. And when you were talking about flaws, the word popped into my head, flossom. I've seen that. We're awesome, but we also have flaws. And that's okay because even with flaws, we're still awesome.
0: I love that. Flawsome. I'm going to take that. <laughs>
1: I'm a perfectionist and, you know, I procrastinate and, you know, I have that imposter syndrome. I think, you know, who am I to be doing what I'm doing? It's owning your worth and not only that, but owning our voice, you know, because when you were talking about trying to be small and basically not seen is that we're putting ourselves into that little, little bag of all that trauma that we've been carrying around and it's owning our voice and speaking our mind and speaking our truth.
0: Absolutely. And part of that is owning your value as well. And when you're in business or you're trying to get, you know, an offering out there or a service or a product, it can be pretty uncomfortable work to take that. Who am I? And then put a price on it because then you're coming up with even more right. Imposter syndrome. And now it's like not even sharing this message. Who am I to charge someone for this? so i've I've helped yeah, lots of people, including myself, work through that because I just don't think until you maybe start running a business or or sharing something publicly that you kind of realize even how ingrained some of these thoughts or behaviors are. and they really do shape how you show up or don't show up
1: you're right. it's It's how we show up for ourselves. Never mind showing up for anybody else. I mean, we have to first accept ourselves, because if we don't, how can we expect others to accept us?
0: And that kind of goes back to the parenting topic, and it's something I know my mom taught me. It's I've repeated my whole life. It's, you can't love anyone else until you love yourself. I try to teach that to my kids and hope that I can role model that for them.
1: And I'm sure you're doing a wonderful job. We'll get back to the show in a moment. But first, I invite you to check out my website, coffeewithjennyb.ca. That's Jenny with a G, where you'll find the links to all my episodes. You'll also find a variety of coffee gifts available for purchase, including my branded bag of Red Door coffee beans from Harrison's Coffee Company. As well, you'll find a link to join the Winnipeg Coffee Community Facebook group. I'll also be posting info about upcoming coffee tours and coffee nights, In the future. So keep checking my website for updates. You can also follow me on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. Now let's return back to the show. So, Melissa, tell us about living a life with soul.
0: Where do I start? For me, a life with soul was basically born out of the idea that I do want to live life for myself. I want to create a lifestyle based on how I want to feel. And I realize that may sound selfish in some ways, because I recognize I don't live in a vacuum. I have a family. I have a spouse. I have children. I have parents and friends who want to be part of this life, I assume. And that's okay. There's room for that. Because first of all, it's sometimes about recognizing too people who maybe no longer are part of your story and do tend to fall away. I've definitely lost some friendships in pursuit of this because it really is a journey back home to your true self and to what may no longer align, whether those are relationships or activities, jobs, things you're pursuing, things that you just kind of realize, this isn't doing anything for me. Why am I spending a quarter of my week on this? And it could be even something as simple as house cleaning. If it totally sucks your soul to do it, let it go. A life with soul really to me is, again, making choices that align, and you design your life around how you want to feel on the inside. It's not about the external pressure, influence, what someone else thinks you should do all those shoulds. It's about how you want to feel in your life. And for me, I love to use kind of core desired feelings, or I love to feel alive. I want to feel energized. I want to feel calm and balanced and connected to my people. So a life with soul is saying no to things that don't invoke those feelings, saying yes to what does, making sure I plan my day to involve things that make me feel alive. So it's a bit of a, almost like a brain dump, a mapping out process of how do I want to feel What would make me feel that way? How can I get that every day in some capacity? Not every day is going to be the same, obviously, but on the average, you're taking care of yourself. You're doing the things that will actually let you up and fulfill you on the inside. And therefore, you see that trickle effect onto everyone else. Because when you're really fulfilled inside, again, that's the energy you're going to be bringing to your family, to your work, and it's going to ripple out onto everybody else.
1: Yes. And the energy is something that we can't really touch, but it's something that we feel because we're all full of energy. And I totally agree because when I'm living the life that I need to live, it's like everything falls away. And I feel that sense of joy. And I know you talk about joy and joy is one of my core values. And when I think about whether I want to get involved with something, it doesn't matter what it is. I want to feel that sense of joy. I want to feel that I'm exuding joy so that it trickles out to everybody else around me. And that is something that makes me happy. And another core value that I have is making a difference. So I try to think about joy in connection with making a difference, because if I can help someone with whatever it is, then that makes me happy. And so it's it's sharing my joy, I guess, with the world.
0: Yeah. And how, do you mind if I ask, do you ensure that that happens every week? Do you kind of consciously put that into your schedule? Like, do you plan, you know, activities or moments for yourself that would elicit that joy?
1: I try to. Good question. I try to as best as I can, but sometimes you get caught up with things. And I know yesterday I had a full day and I had all these things that I was supposed to do and I did none of them. And what I did is I took a bath at 10 o'clock in the morning. I was in the bath and I, I didn't check social media. I didn't do anything. I was just laying there and letting the water absorb my negative energy and just let me sort of cleanse myself. And after I did that, I went and I watched TV for a little bit. And I, I was watching one of my favorite shows. I was relaxed. I drank some tea and I was honoring myself. So instead of thinking, I really have to finish whatever it is that I need to do. And I thought to myself, no, I can't do that. So I let myself have the day to just be.
0: That's amazing. I'm so glad to hear that because I think you hit an important point too, that it's not always going to be the same. And what might bring joy on one day is different than what brings joy on the next. And it's tuning into yourself and really asking, what is it that I need? And instead of pushing, I need rest and I need to honor myself, as you said, and that brings joy. And what a different energy you likely had at the end of the day versus if you had just pushed through and tried to check off that to-do list and end up feeling resentful and bitter by the end of it.
1: You know what? I would have felt burnt out I would have negated the energy, the good energy that I had from that bath and I would have been very grouchy and I don't know, I I can't even imagine how I would have felt. And and so I like when you say it's a hell yes or it's a hell no.
0: (laughs) And I think it's being aware of when you feel like, I think guilt needs to come up in this conversation a little bit as well, because particularly as women and caregivers we feel guilt when we take care of ourselves and i just would love to pose the question to anyone listening out there if you didn't do what jenny've described as honoring yourself and taking that break if you did push through why what pressure was on you to negate your core needs why do you feel that you need to burn yourself out to be a productive member of society like i just think that's really wrong
1: and we always perceive that somehow we have to do whatever it is, because we feel that, and even whether it's real or imagined, that someone else is projecting that you know you must do or you have to be, or you should, you know the should or what it could is, right? And when we start thinking, instead of thinking about what we need, we might stop or think about stopping or putting too much value on what other people want us to do. You know, because they they are following their own agenda, not necessarily what's best for us.
0: Absolutely. And that even ties into the conscious parenting topic again, because let's just say, and I I spent a few years as a stay-at-home mom. If your day is completely dictated by your children and fulfilling their every need and entertaining them, you're not going to feel fulfilled in yourself. And so you really do need to become aware as to what will make you feel at peace, at joy, energized, alive, like take your core desired feeling and make sure that you get some of that every day because you're just going to be way better off to everyone who matters to you instead of this repressed, unfulfilled, resentful human, which I've been. I've been that person walking around. I did not like it. And I
1: think most mothers can agree. The ones that you know have the little toddlers, or even ones that have grown, or different stages of, of children. I mean, because there are different needs that everyone has. And I can remember myself, you know, when my kids were little, and I was living in, um, well, horrible marriage. And as a single mom, I had to put myself last because I had to be there for my children. And so I, I remember just going through the motions and doing enough to survive. Because that's what I had to do. And I wonder sometimes, even when you are in a family, do you feel that sense of you're just doing enough to survive? And if that's the case, what are the resources that are available?
0: Yeah, it's called bare minimum parenting. I saw this term on actually another conscious parenting expert's Instagram, and it really resonated with me because it kind of speaks to that point. When you're aware, Enough to know that, hey, I'm tapped out, I'm burnt out, I'm not at my best. That's when other things need to slide. It's okay to have craft dinner for supper five nights in a row, or, you know, it's okay to let the dishes pile up. It's okay to reach out to your support networks and ask for an hour of childcare, right? It's like, what is the bare minimum to just kind of get through this time? Because kids, I feel, they will remember the times where they had the, you know, TV dinner and got to watch movies and things felt okay versus a burnt out, angry, screaming, sad mom. We don't, as mothers, want our kids to experience that side of ourselves. We hide it, but it's there. And I think that, that the thing is, is we also need the emotional support tools, emotional health mindfulness. I'm really big on mindfulness. And in, in fact, in part of self reclamation, I have a whole module on, on mindfulness. I'm a huge meditator, I'm very spiritual. And I feel like that's played a very big role in getting through these awful times. And so just in my own personal story, when I had, you know, that two and a half year old and a five month old, I broke my foot And I was on one leg, essentially, for six weeks in a two-story house. We ordered a lot of takeout. My mom came by to help me for, you know, an hour a day kind of thing. And that actually eventually led to, it was a very dark night of my soul time. It led to a huge panic attack, which I also kind of view as a spiritual awakening. It's really what prompted me to start this journey of my own healing and and what eventually shaped, you know, my my work. And I look back too and think, if I was not living solely for the point of fulfilling other people, I would have experienced that time differently. And I I see the tools that I have now. And you know, you can't change things. You can't look back and regret. But I I do feel that if I was taking better care of my basic needs, Getting out of survival mode, food, nutrition, water, less coffee, less wine, more movement on one foot. But I could have, you know, been outside, meditation. I would have, I think, gone through that differently. So there are a lot of free tools that people can use and tap into. And I've found, so that was all pre pandemic. And I'm so grateful for that and that. Terrible experience. I had two babies in the winter back to back, and then, you know, this broken foot and all this postpartum anxiety and things like that. And then I really healed so much of that, and the pandemic hit. And so I had a a set of tools to get through some of the really tough parts of the last two years, which have been in particular this winter. We all had COVID in my house in January and then two stomach flus. I mean, my oldest kid started kindergarten this year, so we just got all the bugs. And my youngest went to daycare for the first year of her life. So we've had probably every bug imaginable that can come home. Also running a business, both my husband and I are entrepreneurs. And so there's been a lot of potentials for stress and and it's been there. And I'm so grateful to have the free tools that I have and that sort of connection to a bigger picture. And that is really what I rely on to get through when you're in this kind of bare minimum mode. There's still lots you can tap into of your own reservoirs, I think, to get through.
1: Yeah, and I'm so glad that you had that for you. And I think about Laura McLeod, she posted about the book Wintering. She was recovering from a medical procedure and she read the book and it gave her the idea that when you think about wintering, you think about bears, you know, hibernating or getting ready and settling down. And so when you're going through a period, you know, like what you described when things were, you know, your broken foot and, you know, having to deal with all of that, it's almost like you need to retreat in a sense to yourself. And as you say, draw on those reservoirs, you know, because that's what animals do. They, In the summer, they eat to put on fat, knowing that when they are hibernating or sleeping during the winter, they have that reserve to draw on. You know, and so when we think about how we put others first, we need to put ourselves first in the sense, okay, what can we build up? Are we drinking enough water, like you said, maybe drinking less coffee, although I've said you know no such thing as too much coffee, but but no, but seriously, because coffee can cause anxiety, maybe drinking less wine, or perhaps just going for a walk instead of saying, "Well, I have to go to the gym, maybe you walk around the block, you know, connecting with nature, touching a tree, right. What can you do to build up those reservoirs? And if you can't do that for yourself, then you need to lean into others who can help you with that.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I think being brave enough to ask for help. My kid has a a book and one of the lines in it says, what's the bravest thing you've ever said? And the answer is help me. And I love that because yeah, it just really struck a chord. We don't ask for enough help or we, we take on the superwoman persona. And as moms, especially, I think that we do that. And then we realize we've gotten to a point where we need someone to nurture us. And we can do that ourselves through this wintering process. And but you're absolutely right. There is a point where we need support. And I know in my journey, I reached out for a lot of help. I've had a lot of amazing mentors and varying you know, healing tools that I've and modalities that I've used therapy, shamanic healing, Reiki, like for, you name it, I've done it all. <laughs>
1: yeah. And I love hearing about that because I've actually done Reiki myself and I've had not just Reiki, but I've also had someone do, uh, well, I know tar- reading tarot cards. I mean, some people, you know, they roll their eyes and think, oh, yeah, you know, what does that mean? But Sometimes, you know, just getting, it's like you're getting the signs from the universe in a way that are helping you perhaps to guide you in a certain way. I want to go back to what you had said about us being super women and wanting to do it all and not asking for help. I was exactly like that. So when I was working for a a nonprofit, I thought I, I had to do everything. And people would say, oh, can I help you? Can I help you? It's like, no, 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 I got it. I'm good. And I actually had someone say to me one day, you know, you're actually being very selfish. And I'm like, what? What do you mean I'm being selfish? I'm I'm helping you by doing it myself. As you put it, you're robbing someone of the opportunity, or you're denying them the opportunity of helping you. You're saying no to their gift of wanting to help you. And that took me back. And I'm like, you know, you're you're right. Why am I saying no? Why do I think that I have to do everything? And then at the end of the day, I'm grouchy and miserable because I'm tired and you know and resentful that nobody helped me when i said no
0: <laughs> oh that's so true i love that and and you know i think that to that point it's it's why as leaders too it's so important to delegate and to really offload as much as possible because it gives someone the chance to learn it is a gift to somebody else who's trying to learn a new skill or try something on and you're giving them the opportunity to practice within your kind of safe space. Right. And it's, it's the same thing as parenting too. You know, I find myself having to often let go of control and my, my need and want to control to avoid a mess or to just do it my way. And then I realize, no, 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 no. I need to let them help, let them get in there, let them make a mess out of it. Let them make a mistake, you know, because I'm not giving them that opportunity. If I'm no, I need to do it all.
1: I remember a conversation with my daughter, she was a teenager, and I can't even remember what we were talking about, but I I said something about, oh, I'm just trying to help you avoid any mistakes. And she said to me, mom, I need to make my own mistakes. I need to own those mistakes. And it's true, because if we don't make those mistakes, then how do we learn? And you know, when I think about people saying, well, I'm a big failure because I failed at something. Well, there's a big difference between failing at something or being a failure. Because when you fail at something, it's an opportunity for you to learn. So either you do it better next time or you do something different.
0: I agree. And I actually I I really try never to use the word fail. What is a fail? Like I don't even know how to how to describe it because to me if you tried something, that's not a fail. It's a fail if you never try if you just say no, and I'm staying in my comfort zone, and I like, I'm not gonna even allow myself this chance to grow, that's a fail. But trying anything isn't because you can always readjust, you can always do something, learn from it and, and shape it differently. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, a personal endeavor or something at work, there's always opportunities to take those lessons. And it's I think that's the growth mindset, right? having a fixed or growth mindset. There are just people who would like to stay comfortable and there are people who push themselves to grow. Those are my kind of people.
1: Another great segue into talking about the Made to Grow community because you and I are both members of this wonderful community and you're right about being in a place where encouraged to grow, where we can learn from each other, where we can learn from others who have maybe experience in different things that we may not have. Or we're looking for things and, you know, like Sherry, who talks about that, or Nancy as well, that piece of the puzzle, right? We're that missing piece of the puzzle that we could be connecting with others and getting that help and support that we need.
0: Absolutely. There's so much to be said about community and not feeling alone. And I mean, it's certainly been proven too, that you don't need to be physically in person to have one. And I know that for me being, I'm part of a few different communities and it's just been, it's been everything this last little while. And that chance to see, like, I'm not alone in, in these things and just the opportunity to learn from other women or hear their stories and see their struggles and hold space really.
1: Yeah. It's, it's definitely about being seen and being heard, but also seeing others and hearing others. You know I, I think about what you had said about being in that comfort zone, and what if we don't try you know when i when I started with my podcast, I had no idea what to do i I knew nothing about nothing, and I knew that if I didn't do it, if I didn't put myself out there, then that opportunity would never come again. I mean, yeah, I could have done it perhaps another time, but it was the universe saying nope you need to do it now. And so I dug deep and did the learning. And and now it'll be a year in May that I've been doing this, which is so amazing.
0: Congratulations. That's a huge accomplishment. Yeah. I think a lot of people would not do it. and Or if it's like, oh, I tried and I started, and then maybe the first couple episodes, no one downloaded them. So I'm just going to stop now. And it's like, it's it's that perseverance that really keeps going and, and you get better with it. I mean, I'm sure your show is and your skills at it or have totally shifted in a, in a year of practicing and doing it. So every day is practice. There's no end, end to it. Right. It's like when, you, and I think when you're in that sort of growth space, you do see things like that. And, and to me, it's like, that's what we started talking about possibilities and that's tying it back in is that there's endless possibilities when you feel like you can grow or you can try and you're willing to get messy. You're willing to do it imperfectly to fall on your face and then just know that you can brush it off. Like nothing, nothing ends. (laughs) I don't know. It just, it's an ever evolving journey. My own coach, she has a saying that's like one degree better. Just every day is just one degree better. And like, it's such a good little mantra I keep to myself. You know, in my head, because I'm one degree better as a parent today. I'm one degree better as a spouse. I'm one degree better as a coach. I'm not striving to be 100% like, oh, yesterday was a fail. I'm going to be like this awesome, amazing person today. That's not realistic. And it puts a lot of pressure on yourself.
1: It definitely does. You know, and and, uh, my friend Jodine Self, she is the one that also talks about that one degree better. You know, it's just that one degree. You don't have to, it's not 10, it's not 100, it's not 50, it's just one. If you can do something one to be better than yesterday, you're still progressing, you're moving. It's that journey of constantly moving forward. There's no such thing as a perfect anything.
0: No. And I think we don't take enough retrospect, kind of looking at how we've grown and changed. And I think like my life has flipped on its head in five years. Like I am not the same person that. I used to be at all. And even when I think about two years ago, it's like, whoa, in the winter, I always do a a winter solstice ritual. And I did one for my clients this year. And it was really profound to have them actually reflect back on who they were in December of 2020. And then who they are now in 2021. And a year later, even though it seems like nothing's changed, in some ways, it's like, well, lots of change, but like, Living in this pandemic, though, it's kind of been like Groundhog Day. For me, at least, I feel like two years have gone by. I remember my 35th birthday, and then I just celebrated my 37th. And I'm like, wow, two years and nothing has changed in between. But that's not true when you think and you see how yourself has changed. And I'm hoping for people out there that there is more of a focus on self, given the removal of a lot of distraction and things from our lives that you really do take stock of how much yourself has changed and is constantly evolving.
1: I agree. And, you know, and that takes me to the point about your personal development company, where you provide those services, those, as you say, modules, those workshops for women. So tell us a little bit about what you can offer in terms of your self-development.
0: Okay. So I have kind of two core offerings at the moment depending on how deep you want to go. So I have a community where we meet monthly for coaching, and you have all of those self reclamation modules, as I mentioned, to work through on your own time and kind of take this deep dive into your own life as a supplement to the group calls that we do together, the resources that I have. And there's also opportunities to work directly with me through that community. And then I have the one-to-one mentorship options that I really, truly love the most. I love to go deep with people. I'm a projector in my human design. So I love to go deep. Like I really, really am lit up by deep one-to-one conversations. And that's where I really love to give back in my business. So my primary offerings are one-to-one mentorship. You know, I take a select amount of clients a month and that's really where we can focus on whether it's. Life, lifestyle, personal aspects you want to change, business related, it all kind of intertwines together. And especially motherhood, whether I, so it's really like whether you're a working mom or you're a stay at home mom, you deserve a life that feels good, that feels balanced and sustainable, where you're not burning out, where you are honoring yourself and therefore seeing that ripple effect on your children. So it's, it's, it's accomplishable regardless of whether you have a job or oodles of, quote unquote, free time, which we all know stay at home moms have none of. But also, how can you have more? I think a lot of moms put themselves in that, oh, I'm I'm trapped. They put themselves in this box of thinking, I don't have time to myself, but you can create more time to yourself. You just have to get maybe uncomfortable. You might have to make some choices. You might have to ask for help. Oh, God. Right. So I love to work with mothers in particular in, in creating really their best self and their best life. And whether that's again through just personal or business. It's all personal growth on steroids.
1: <laughs> and you know, you mentioned about the one on one. As a as a generator, I feed off energy, you know, and part of what I'm doing with this podcast is putting my energy out there. And I actually get energy from people, you know, and not to say that I do that everywhere I go, but it's the right people. If I'm around the right people. And again, it's about honoring your energy and knowing when it's not right for you. And that makes a huge difference.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Tell our listeners how we can find you. So, website, Instagram.
0: Yes, I have a website. It's melissagiller.com. It's G I L L E R. I know there's another coach out there, melissaguller.com. <laughs> so, that's not me melissagiller.com you can find me also on instagram at melissa underscore giller
1: wonderful and i'll be sure to put that in the show notes so people can know where to find you and hopefully sign up for all the wonderful offerings that you can provide to them
0: i would love that and i'd also love to share that i'm launching my own podcast in just about a month so yes it's been a work in progress over the last i'd say six months kind of burning desire that I was avoiding. And now I've got all my kind of supports in place. I'm doing the thing. It's coming out. I'm really excited about it. So congrats. Yes. And so what's the name of your podcast? It will be the Life with Soul podcast. Of course it will. I've <laughs> loved that.
1: Well cool. thank you so much for being here, Melissa. And I've really enjoyed our conversation and learning more about self-reclamation, conscious parenting, living a life with soul, and of course honoring our energies and embracing joy.
0: Thank you so much. This was a great conversation. I appreciate it.
1: Of course. Thanks, Melissa. So until next time, think about how you are living a life of soul, how you are honoring your energy. Think about how you are speaking to yourself, communicating with others, and thinking about how you communicate with your littles. Also think about that there's no such thing as fail. There's no such thing as perfect. It means that it's a journey, a journey of self-discovery and self-learning. If you like this episode, please click on the subscribe or follow button on your favorite streaming app and leave a review. I would really appreciate it. Tune in next week for more Coffee with Jenny B.
0: Thanks so much for listening. If you like Coffee with Jenny B and want to know more, connect with Jenny on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. That's Jenny with a G. Until then, all you need is joy and more coffee.
1: Produced and distributed by The Sound Off Media Company.